In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the experts, there are few. Welcome, Mere Mortalites, to another book review. The book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond mere mortality. And yes, we will try to transcend beyond our mere mortality today because we're diving into some more Eastern philosophy. I read a quote just before by the main man of this book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. His name is Shunryu Suzuki, uh, but also known as Suzuki Roshi and Roshi being a, a title for teacher. So Suzuki teacher. This book was published in 1970, just before the death of Suzuki Roshi, who was a popularizer of Zen in America during that critical period of the 1950s, 60s, 70s, where Eastern philosophy was making its way over into America, into the West. This book was very, very successful. It's still in print nowadays and has been cited so many places i keep on finding random quotes for example in this book here bringing home the dharma by jack cornfield and it it's because he had such a way with words of really taking this paradoxical nature of zen and simplifying it into these pithy quotes such as the one i started with so what is it what does it talk about what is zen minds beginner mind and i'll read the subtitle here informal talks on zen meditation and practice so it talks about Buddhism, it talks about the Buddha nature, it talks about Zazen, which is the formal aspect of sitting down and meditating. It talks about meditation practice. It has many particular aspects of how does one meditate? How does one do these practices? Structurally, it's written in three parts. There is right practice, right attitude, and right understanding. And each of these are broken down into seven to 10-ish mini teachings from the master himself. So these are taken from talks that he has done and gone through a huge editing process before coming out in the current form in this book. So some of the topics would be the posture, breathing, the marrow of Zen, Zen and excitement, God giving, mistakes and plastics, emptiness, readiness, mindfulness, original Buddhism, beyond consciousness, etc., etc. There were two core themes I really took from this. The first being Buddha nature or the already attained enlightenment within all. And I hear you asking, what the hell does that mean? In the Zen way of paradox, these topics are easy and very difficult to talk about at the same time. Easy because the underlying concept I feel is a relatively simple one, but to actually get it across and communicate requires uh, talking in platitudes, talking in sort of mystical ways, which I'm not a fan of in general. So I'm going to do my best to, to nail it down and, and really communicate what I sort of gained from the book and what I think of Zen. So in the words that were being used in the book, I would say the Buddha nature is something like the direct, open, aware experience of current oneness, nothingness, and everythingness. That doesn't really help too much. So to put it in my own words, I'd say it's something like to live contentedly, but not necessarily comfortably. Those are two different aspects, those words, with, without, and within paradox. So for me, Zen was all about the paradox of living within paradox, of being very comfortable with change, desiring change at the same time, not desiring change of striving, but also accepting at the same time and living in this boundary point between all of these things and just accepting everything that comes and goes and just 
being with it. Harkening back to the title of the book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, Suzuki Roshi talks about that beginner's mind and how when you're starting something afresh, you almost have to deal with that paradox because let's say you're learning a language, for example, you need to be very comfortable using the direct translation of a word, but also recognizing that at that same time, you can't use that direct translation all of the time. And the problem when you get more comfortable with things or become more expert or put more pieces in place of the puzzle is that you can lose that aspect of living in that paradox. So he's always talking about how chasing or achieving or getting enlightenment is small mind, whereas big mind is living enlightenment, is being in that moment all of the time. The other core theme I took out was Zazen. So this is more the meditative practice, or I would even say the non-practice of practice, which as usual is very paradoxical. What the hell does that mean? Suzushi Roshi talks about how this requires effort and non-effort at the same time. So it does require the effort of creating the correct posture, sitting upright, legs locked together in the lotus pose or whatever it is, hands cupping in a particular manner of the, the Zen way. But that trying to do this and forcing yourself and if you're really unable to do that pose, that's okay as well. That's that's all right. As long as you're trying to use that effort to get to a place of non-effort or something like that. It's a, such a weird one because it's it's got this you know aspect of infinity about it, the paradox of infinity. How can something just keep going on and on? Like that doesn't make sense to us. Uh, or I would even say, you know, there's that platitude of, you know, you can't expect someone to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. But if you had to ask them how you do it, well, maybe a good idea would be to start with a strap or something like that. Paradoxically, posture and form are critical. You absolutely have to do it. And at the same time, irrelevant. He has a couple of stories in the book of how there's a guy, you know, doing Zazen. He's feeling like I'm, I'm going, I'm going out, I'm achieving enlightenment. I'm getting out there and almost denigrating his wife at home sleeping in bed. But then he's saying, no, you know, she's practicing her own type of Zazen at that same moment. Then he'll also talk about, you know, someone who's being lazy and thinks, oh, Zazen is just doing whatever the hell I want. And he goes, no, 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 no. It requires effort as well. You can't use this trick of just saying, uh, I am oneness. So my, my Buddha nature is just to do X. And it's like, no, you have to put in the effort as well. So effort and non-effort, striving and non-striving, all of this mixed up into one concept. And just to sum up these two core themes, they, they play with each other quite nicely. So one is the spiritual aspect, the Buddha nature, and then the other is the Zazen, the physical nature, the actual posture and whatnot. And both are really important and then non-important at the same time, both mix and don't mix at the same time. And what I'm trying to get at with all of these paradoxes, with all of this talking and skirting around the, the object is it simply is. You simply have to accept both things and non-both things at the same time. And it's so hard to talk about. This is why it's hard to talk about. And I feel it's more better to actually just read the book for yourself. And if it connects with you, hey, that's good. And if it doesn't, hey, that's also good. On to some of my personal observations and takeaways. And I would say the structure of the book with those three parts is almost unnecessary. Every time I went to it, I, I didn't see a 
delineation between one teaching to the next in the different parts. And I feel you could just go to wherever and he'll still be talking about Zen or Zazen and you'll, you'll be able to get it. So I didn't particularly notice the difference between calmness, for example, and then constancy or negative and positive and maybe one from the first part of no dualism. So just going through the book, I think it's good in, it's one of those books where you can just pick a different point. Like you could literally just open it at wherever you wanted and there is no structure or form to the book. It simply is accessible via whatever means. The book itself is actually quite beautiful. So it's got some calligraphy. It's very simple stylistically, a picture of Suzuki Roshi on the back. There's one small section with a picture of a drawing of a fly in it. And the stem of the book itself is got this wavy curvy pattern on it. So it actually makes it difficult to turn over to the next page because you can't just flip it like normal. Your fingers get stuck and you'll miss pages. So I feel it really embodies the teachings of, of Zen in itself. It's, it's beautiful. It's simple. It's also difficult and requires some, you know, <laughs> paradoxical, some striving to, to get to the next page, but also you accept like the beauty of having to develop some patience to get to the next page. So I felt it really just embodied the teachings of, of what Suzuki Roshi was trying to get across, which was all leading to this one point of, of Zazen of, of enlightenment, I guess you want to call it. One thing I really took for me from this book was that Zen is the cherry on the top. It's not the meat and gravy, the potatoes of the Eastern philosophy, because if I just read this book on its own, I think I'd really struggle. Whereas having a, a thicker book talking more about some of the particular aspects of Buddhism, of what enlightenment is, of how you can meditate, of diving into more of the ethical and spiritual aspects rather than this, which is almost intentionally written in a confusing way. For me, it's like I could only really understand Zen and Zazen after doing all that groundwork in a separate area. So that might be a recommendation for other people. If you're getting into or want to know more about Eastern philosophy, me personally, I would suggest sticking with some of the more simplistic books, maybe even reading from a a Western mindset if you're listening to it in the West, which I assume you are, then going from there into maybe some of the more obscure ones such as Zen Mind's Beginner Mind or even the Essential Shuangzi, which is about Taoism. So for me, it's succinct. It's a simple read and simultaneously absolutely confusing. I wouldn't say you'll come out from this and being like, hmm, yeah, I know exactly what he was talking about. It's <laughs> You come out from it going, ah, I think I got it, but it's very difficult to say for sure if I understood correctly what he was trying to say. It explains Zen without all the tradition and religiosity that can be associated with it, with the strictness, with the monasteries, with the you know adherence to the teacher's principles and sayings and that deification almost of the teacher. This is more of a simple book explaining more the, the essential teachings, the core of, of what Zen is. It does contain some practical tips, but I'd say it's more heavy emphasis on the spirituality of what Zen is trying to convey as a total. So overall, I'm giving the book a six out of 10. I enjoyed it, but it was 
a supplementary one for me. It's not a book that I would particularly go to all the time and be like, mm, yeah, this is how helps clarify things for me. Because if anything, it, it made it slightly a murkier, but also I enjoyed that murkiness feeling of it. Uh, I would just say this book is not for everyone. I know if I'd read, read this book maybe five years ago, I would have thought it was absolute trash. And it's only because I've just gotten to this point where I can understand some of the other aspects of Buddhism that I felt like I gained something from this, but it is confusing in certain aspects. And that's almost the point of Zen. It's to become a little bit confusing to get your mind in that state of of accepting. So, Mere Modelites, we've come to the end of another book review, and I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.